Welcome to Corbell Career Cast, the podcast from the Office of Career and Professional Development at the Joseph Corbell School of International Studies at the University of Denver. Today, we are joined by Corbell student Mary Lacroix, who will interview Corbell alum Darren Brandt, who works for GAO. So, Mary, take it away. Thanks, Heather. Um, so, Darren, today we'll start with just a quick introduction. Talk to us about uh, your time at Corbell when you graduated and, and what you studied when you were there. Daniel, thank you, Mary. Uh, once again, my name is Darren Grant. I graduated in 2020. I studied international security with a uh, concentration on intelligence. I now work at the Government Accountability Office, also known as GAO, and I'm an analyst for them. Nice. And did you do an internship with them when you were at Corbell, or how did how did that initial contact? So uh, I did I did two internships. I did a back to back one in 2019. Um, the office uh, that helps you kind of look for jobs and internships recommended this to me. And so I ended up doing an internship for GAO in the open field office back in 2019. And then funny story, I was supposed to do a state department internship, but they're notoriously bad for doing HR stuff. And the process took longer than it needed to. And so when I was going to do the study in DC for um, the semester, I asked GAO if I could do uh, another rotation and they said, sure, I just have to do the same interview process that I did to get the first one which was with the same people, so that's a little weird, but um, <laughs> they liked me again enough to let me go to headquarters for another couple of months to do another back-to-back internships. So I have worked in both their field office and their headquarters. Okay, so it's better HR. That's how you did the back-to-back yeah. internship. Okay. Um, and you obviously liked it if you did it for a second round. So what did you like about it then, and what do you like about it now? Well, a paid internship is always helpful, especially grad school. Um, yeah. Second part I would say is um, they do treat you like an analyst. Um, they do rely on you to do a lot of the work. You're considered a part of the team. So it, it is very much like a job, even though they consider you an intern, they do treat you like an analyst, which is nice because they'll allow you to pick on projects, run team meetings, run interviews, or do write-ups and do pretty much the job itself. Because it is like for them, interviewing is like it's doing the job for them and seeing if you're a great fit. So they treat you like an analyst. In geo fashion, they'll throw you in the deep end and see how well you swim and and we'll give you the tools you need to do it. But yeah, I I thought it was a good organization, especially from an intern perspective that you get paid and they treat you like an actual worker. So those are the two things I found rewarding about doing that internship. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Let's back up a little bit and maybe you can tell me what your role entails and kind of an average day in your job? Sure. So I am considered a general analyst, which means I can work on pretty much most of the engagements that we do. So GAO technically covers all what federal dollars get spent on. So they'll cover a wide range of things from DOD stuff to agriculture and farming to healthcare, you name whatever federal dollars get spent on. There is something that GAO will look at. So from the analyst perspective, you will go in to usually either do a program overview or you could do a uh, kind of a analysis of what the how well the program is, is it doing well, what's the cost of financials, what's the cost estimates, looking at schedule performances, a number of things. So that pretty much encompasses what an analyst does. It's just you're going to kind of do program management, program oversight, and kind of look at those things. So typically my day-to-day usually comes in, depending on if I'm working on DC time or if I'm working on West Coast time. Um, it's usually coming in to check the the uh, emails look at what we're doing for the day, what we need to catch up on. Are we setting up interviews? Are we putting up key questions? It's mostly ensuring that the project gets run through in a certain timeline, but also setting up 
our, our daily routines. On top of that, there's also a learning aspect to GAO as well. So uh, you're required to get the CPEs, which is just basically like doing extracurricular work um, and learning. So you'll you'll basically you can sit in on like presentations. It's like grad school almost, where you can go to a meeting about um, I think there's one on water rights in the Midwest. So those kind of learning experiences you'll get uh, also looking at GAO. So there's opportunities to learn from there, and then there's kind of the the basic work stuff that you do plus. Additionally, you can add certain aspects to to the, the team wise. So there's also team engagements that um, sorry, not team engagements. I'll say um, other team aspects that you can help on because GAO is segmented by certain teams. Um, each individual team has certain core functions that you can do, from like helping out on other engagements, running uh, communities of practice or COPs about specific topics, and there's just a number of inner agency things that you can do as well if you want to, given if you have the time and the flexibility to do so. So there's never there's never a dull moment, but there's also never time to do all the things you want. There's just so much to do because we cover so many things. So in a nutshell, sometimes your calendar just becomes just too much to, to complete all in one day, especially when you add your job in and then the relatively extracurricular activities you would like to do. Wow. Okay. So it sounds like there's a lot of resources um, for people within GAO. So you mentioned the different teams. So who's on your team and how are you working with them? Well, I'm on one of the newly created teams that's called STWS, the Science Technology Analytics and Assessment Team. So they're the new team that does most of the technology stuff that we are looking at for the, the for Congress. And so we are, like I said, a brand new team. So there's like four pillars. There's uh, the audit side. There's the tech assessment, which looks like how technology runs and um, pros and cons of it, the challenges, and then the policy recommendations. There's the uh, innovation lab, which kind of looks at looking at how we use data and then kind of also updating GEO's internal policies to reflect more of the changing times and how we use technology. And so most of that is dealt with um, data analytics and kind of just figuring out what's the best possible way to use technology moving forward. And so for me, I'm working on a team that is on the audit side, so it's not as STEM heavy, but the tech assessment is usually rely on the STEM people. So you'll see people with PhDs and biochemistry, uh, engineering, and those kind of things that will do the tech assessments. Hmm. Interesting. So really varied background of people who can work at GAO. Uh, yep, they want they want all kinds because, as I said, we're working on practically everything that the federal dollar gets spent on. So we got to cover a lot of ground. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it. You've mentioned interviews a couple of times. What kind of people are you interviewing? So it depends on the job you work for. Um, for the audit hop, for the audit side, sorry, uh, for the audit side, it's usually the agencies because we usually have our jurisdiction is usually looking at the federal agencies and those around it. We can interview state and local people, but that is up to them if they want to talk to us. They have no, they can say no, and there's nothing really much we can do. From the tech assessment side, those are kind of a, a different beast because they have to do looking at technologies, how they run, how they function. So the whole panels with experts and I've read one of the panels because I had um, I worked on a tech assessment prior to rejoining the team where they had a I think it was like a two day summit with like about six or seven experts in the field. It was a 400 page document, which was fun to read. But that's some yeah. of the things you, know, yeah, you see in being that they'll have to interview these um, these scientists and these experts in the field about how it works, where they see it working and then kind of what are the pros and cons and what the government needs to know about it as well. So. We interview quite well, pretty much anybody that has to deal with kind of using the federal dollars is who we're going to interview and try to talk to if we can. Who was the last person you interviewed? 
Uh, the last person I interviewed. Okay, so for this job, I'm working on the National Science Foundation. They are an agency that kind of builds all the STEM projects across the world. So Hydro and Collider Scope, uh, uh, Arctic Research Vessel, and those kind of things. So we actually went down to Huma, Louisiana to ship view a shipyard that's building a very specific uh, research vessel. Hmm. So we got to walk around the shipyard and interview them after Hurricane Ida had kind of went through Louisiana and kind of destroyed parts of it. So we got to speak with the uh, program managers about how the builds go and then how they are reacting to uh, Hurricane Ida coming through and then what they need to continue on with the project moving forward. Um, are you so it sounds like you're mostly interviewing uh, government government employees, government agencies, are you ever interviewing people from the uh, private sector? Uh, you can if you, if, like I said, the hardest thing about it is some people don't have to answer. So like state, local, and even private entities don't uh-huh. have to answer. So that's usually some of the challenges getting people to answer those. Sometimes when you're looking at specific jobs, like that tech assessor I mentioned, looked at um, a forensic use of algorithms. So they looked at latent fingerprints, uh, forensic facial recognition, and then uh, DNA. And so we had some of the advocates uh, for both sides, for those who are in favor of facial recognition, Facial recognition; those are not. So it's nice that we got um, some of the non uh, nonprofit organizations to interview to talk about whether they like the idea or didn't like the idea, and what and what their kind of background was about mm. FRT going forward. So we try when we can, but as I said, if they don't want to talk to us, I mean, there's nothing much we can do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely one of the the downfalls of collecting data via interviews. Yeah, don't don't tell me about surveys. You don't want to talk about surveys. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's back up a little bit and talk to you about what classes you took at Corbell and which ones have been particularly helpful in your job, if you remember. I know it was a while ago. <laughs> well, that that's a good question. I have every every now and then I check back to see if the classes are still there. Um I know I heard there was a project management one. I didn't get to take that one, but I heard that's taught by a person who was at GAO. Uh, Professor um, Lentz? I think so, yeah. Okay. There was a there was another one that um I think is mandatory for the security kids is um we that six week project. Six week project. It's it's the one where you join as a team and then they give you a topic and then you pretty much write your thesis together and then present it at a at a panel. I think that was probably the closest thing that I've done that was similar to Cobell, where you will get a topic, you will think about how you want to write it and adjust it, you'll work with a team, and then you'll come back, you'll write the report as a team, you'll have to complete it together, and then you'll also present it to a panel, even though we don't do that at GEO sometimes, but we can brief Congress on what we need to do. It's in similar fashion of briefing. I think it was prior alums and people who also worked at DOD that came in and, and sat through our, our, sat through our, uh, our kind of our our ending sequence of what we found for the project. Hmm. So some of those like um, group project skills, sounds like those were helpful. It is. For GAO specifically, it's a very team-oriented kind of organization, which is why we have a lot of meetings. There's a lot of talks. There's a lot of edits. Everything goes on. So it's, yeah, it's very team-centric and team-cultured. I found that that class specifically almost mirrored my internship, which was helpful. Um, talk to me a little bit about GAO culture. Um, how would you describe the work environment and, um, yeah, what, what, what kind of stands out to you about the, the work culture? So it depends on if you're in a field office or headquarters, but I mean, it's probably the same for most agencies, but, um, field office wise, it's, it's almost like a commuter school because everybody comes from various cities to, 
back to the field office. But mm-hmm. the nice thing about it is, is that we're not segmented as we would be in headquarters. Headquarters has has, has about six levels, and each team sometimes work on various levels. So you can get sidled, so you don't ever get to see other teams as opposed to the field mm-hmm. offices, which are all collected on one floor. So you mm-hmm. get to interact with more people. You get to hear about more about the ongoings of other teams and what they're doing. But overall, I would say GEO's, GEO's culture is that of like, I'm not going to say, it's like a never-ending grad program where you're always learning about something new. Mm-hmm. You're always working on a project. You're always learning, minus having to always do a thesis or defend or set up until 3 o'clock in the morning to write your papers. That That's not going to happen. But mm-hmm. overall, it's a very it's a very good team-oriented a- agency. Plus, they are very, um, they have a good work, uh, family work-life balance. That's one, of, mm. that's one of the main things that I like about it is because I know some of my friends working in other agencies are doing like 50, 60 hour weeks. That, that's not going to happen at GAO. They're, they're pretty good about keeping work and your family time separate because they know burnout can happen very easily when you're doing all this work all the time and you don't take vacations and you're not doing this. They make sure that you take your vacations. They don't want to overwork you. They stop at the 40 hour work week unless it's very necessary for like either an agency needs something or you have to go to hill for some specific meaning other than that they're not calling you on the weekend it's it's not as important as having an outside life so i think the team culture is have a nice work-life balance work well with the team just be willing to learn and be flexible and that and that's gao hmm. so your schedule might be super packed but you're not going to be working on the weekends not unless it not unless it's something major like you have to uh prepare for one of your directors to interview or give a briefing to Congress or you're trying to push out your report on time. Other than that, no, not really. And even if you do work in the weekends, you get credit hours. So hmm. you can just use that later on in the week. Yeah. They're, they're pretty good about making sure that you don't get burned out too quickly because yeah, sometimes the job can be a lot depending on how many hats you're wearing at the time. Um, what kind of person do you think succeeds at GAO? Team oriented. That's one thing. There's going to be a lot of team oriented things. Um, Flexible because they're going to put you on stuff that you probably never worked on, and you'll be like, "Why am I here?" Because I hear this all the time. I was like, "This this has been one of the problems with SCAA is they hired like I have a PhD in chemistry. Cool, you're going to work on uh, a cost estimate for a computer program." They're like, "But I do biology. Why am I doing this?" And it's just like this is the needs of the agency. So sometimes you just got to oh. be flexible where they want to put you. Yeah. I think I think you sometimes you'll be surprised about what job engagements you have to do and you'll learn something new that maybe you thought was going to be super boring and then you're like, oh, wow, this is really interesting. I never would have picked this topic, but now that I'm in here, it's quite interesting. So flexible is, is always the key to working at GEO just because, as I said, we cover so many things. You might find it boring one work, one work period and then the next one you're like, this is amazing. I love being here. So flexibility is also a key responsibility and a key, I think, trait for succeeding at GAL. Sounds really varied. Yes. Uh, let's see. In my career, for, I've rotated through five teams as part of the internship and, and the personal development program. I worked on uh, OSHA's tracking workplace injuries and illnesses for the EWIS team, which is Education Workforce and Income Security. I then moved on to Homeland Security Justice Team, where I worked on countering violent extremism grants program for DHS. I then moved on to STAA, where I did the tech assessment looking at forensic algorithms. I then moved on to the financial markets, where we looked at uh, unbanked people and, and what the federal system is doing for them. 
And then I rotated through looking at uh, the national resource environment that looked at offshore uh, cybersecurity for oil platforms. There's none, but yeah, I, I looked into that. So yeah, we cover quite eclectic things. And then once you place with your regular team, then you'll start looking at specific portfolios. But overall, yes, we cover a lot of things. Wow. Do you feel like you become like a mini expert in each each topic? I would say yes, because depending on how long, usually jobs take at least to a year to a year and a half. And oh, depending, yeah. on, depending on how complex they get, yeah, you you do kind of become like a little mini expert as you're kind of looking through the pages and documents of like entire programs. And so that's why when you go to interviews, people are, are like, oh, wow, you know a lot. Are you sure you're not in this field? I'm like, no, we just have <laughs> looked through a number of jobs, a number of mandates and everything else. So yeah, you could do become a little mini expert. The nice thing is, is that once the job is over, it's over. So you kind of brain dump it unless you like, like that section of work you do, then you kind of become the go-to expert for that team and that specific portfolio. Um. This is for my own curiosity. How how many unbanked people are there in the United States? I should give you the report because that would be the <laughs> easiest thing to do. But there's a lot more than you think there is, especially okay. yeah, with the banking system. And the banking ah. system is so spaghetti against the wall, I couldn't explain it to you. But yeah, it's, yeah, there are definitely times when there are unbanked people either through they don't have bank access or don't have a card or immigration. There's just a number of factors to include about how they get unbanked. and trying to get back into the banking system. And some choose not to have a bank at all. So hmm. their own prerogative. Yeah. All right. Well, as we're coming to a close here, got to ask everyone's favorite question. Um, if a student is interested in working at GAO, what do you recommend they do? What um, kind of opportunities are there for people looking to get into work at GAO? Well, one, you get paid as an intern. So that, that's always the caveat that everybody likes. Uh, two, flexible hours. Even with an internship, you can still have the flexibility to either do a full-time or part-time and still qualify. Um, three, I think if you want to, you get an opportunity to speak with everybody across the agency-wide, even though we are segmented in both field and headquarters, there's no limited opportunity that you can to interview someone from whatever team you want at whatever time. GAO is very open about ensuring you have access to all people who can give you any information you want, whether it be team-wise, culture-wise, or what you can do. There's always an opportunity for even interns to do something on at GAO. There's a lot of horizontal movement, I would say, is that you're allowed to do a lot in GAO. So if you, you're not just stuck with one team. So if you ended up working on one team for two years, you can always rotate to another team. You can always move out to our learning center that, touch, that teaches all our classes and does um, all the internal trainings for us. You can also do a heel detail where, where you loan out to a Congress committee to help draft questions and, and pretty much be the go-to liaison between GAO and the Hill committee that you're staffed to. So there's a number of things that you can move horizontally within the agency itself. So if you do get burnt out from being an analyst or a specialist or whatever your normal job is, you can always hop to something else. There's always something more that you can do and still stay within the agency. So it's not like you have to get to a new job. You can just put in for another lateral move to somewhere else, which a lot of people like to do. Mm. And you feel like an internship is kind of the, the best way to get a foot in the door? Mostly, yeah, because that's the that's the main for a GL recruiting pipeline is to go through the internships. You can do a mid-career and they can't hire you outside of the program. Most of that time is usually through specialists, like, uh, like I said, the PhDs, um, lawyers are another example, those kind of things where they can't hire outside. It is doable, but it's rare, but it's it's not I mean, it's still doable. So you you don't have to do an internship. You can apply outside and 
they may give you a chance. Well, just to close up, is there anything else you would like us to know about GAO or anything um, you would say to someone who just graduated from, from Corbell? I would say uh, GAO is a, is a long standing, it's like a marathon. It's not something fast. It'll be a long process is why we see a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people there who have been at GAO for 30 plus years. So they've had like mm -hmm. two careers. So wow. I will always say, yeah, it, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And use it to the best of your ability because if geo is not your end all game i mean it makes sense some agencies are like that people get in and don't realize it but they'll help you ensure that even if it's not their best fit they'll make sure that you, you get well grounded somewhere else that's a great insight well thanks for chatting with me today darren and um appreciate you taking the time oh no happy to help out where i can thank you very much darren and mary so much for joining us today uh, I think it was always really interesting to hear about the number of different projects that people can work on at GAO. I'm always so amazed at the variety. So thank you very much for sharing your insights, and we hope that you will all join us next time for the Valkyrie Podcast.